author E.B. White, and Unitarian Universalist minister, Reverend Dick Gilbert, remind us of the dynamic forces at play in our lives, the savoring, the saving, the wonder and the woe, the glory and the tragedy that calls at us, at times pulls us apart to the point that we become locked and almost unable to choose a path. What shall I do with the day I cannot decide? Gilbert, at the end, reveals the deeper truth that life is not a dichotomy, not a a either-or. It's truly a both-and. That we must be returning again and again to all that we are. The savoring and the saving is entirely intertwined. We encounter the flow and the mutuality between all elements in the course of our existence. So this year has been one of those encounters with all the elements of the dis- in the course of kind of discovering and rediscovering how to be a religious community, how to be a beloved, chosen gathering of people within a liberal approach to religion and ethics and values and the stewardship of the world. It is as we gather at the end of the year, I am reminded again how in our first year together in August 2020, that how was a matter of survival, simply getting through how we might endure uh, in the course of things, getting through the experience of this novel virus and its devastating impact on our hearts and our minds and our bodies in a global experience. Our second year together was, well, in a way, impossible, almost harder, because we weren't just staying apart. We were also navigating the in and the out of when we could be together, when we couldn't, how to be mindful and safe for everybody's sake, as we are trying to be a beloved community, right? And a public health crisis that continued. And we were also struggling because the being apart and going back and forth, we realized how much we had missed each other and how much we were coming into being together with terribly broken hearts. Now this year, this year has been an adventure in how to be an in-person, an online congregation. And in many ways, how to be a church again, how to discover the how and the why in a dynamic relationship, how we gather, why we gather, going back and forth all along the way. It was, in so many ways, a rediscovery of the whole experience of being a religious body. And I will say this congregation met the challenge So one of the first indicators I had at the very start of the year in September, October, was when your response when I asked the question, what shall we teach our children? What values, what instructions do we want our children to have absorbed in the course of being together? And your response was entirely unequivocal and clear, entirely centered in love. If you remember, we had this great word cloud image of a chalice and how love was huge at the beginning and the center of the whole image. And that was also along with justice and compassion and respect 
being inclusive, being welcoming, and so much more. So in the course of the year, we had the world of church activity return again. So many firsts, the first rummage sale, yet another book sale, a return to Thanksgiving dinner, a Christmas Eve service, its entirety with everybody in the sanctuary and online. We had a a chance to connect with Reverend Michael Brown and Diane Brown in person since their retirement in 2018. And we also had new adventures. Uh, We've added a banner. We had more publicity and participation in the Pride Parade. We added a banner of welcome home and being in a rainbow banner that really showed our presence and our inclusiveness to the entire world on the front of our street. We hosted a very successful drag story hour. We were manifesting our commitment to being a welcoming congregation, providing a safer space, and being a place of joy amidst all the struggle. We had new adventures in being more intentional about our conversations about money, starting with a town hall in February. We offered a place for conversation in the whole congregation in our check-in in March, what was going well and what needed, what could be even better, and what were your questions? We're still happy to answer any of the questions. And we've seen the results of this readiness and this presence, not just in the participation of the congregation, which has been strong, but also in visitors coming to us, finding us, also in people becoming new members saying, yes, this is my community now. This is a home and a, and a family and a larger circle with me. We've also had just about an entire change of major staff. We said uh, farewell to Jan in our front office and hello to Melissa. We welcomed Jesse and Regina in religious education and membership in this year as well. All of these activities are signs of so much more. And the annual campaign responded to this by creating a theme of set the table and grow the joy. And I will say it was such a pleasure to come up with that theme and say, yes, this is where we want to go. This is the sense of the body of the congregation. And with that theme was meant to be as an invitation to prepare the place continuing continuing to prepare the place for ourselves and for those to come, those we may not ever meet, and expand into the fullness of being together in all the ways that we gather, and very much really taking heart to live our mission of embrace freedom, love inclusively, grow in mind, body, or spirit, and adding to the wholeness and the healing of the world. So I want to pause and recognize at this moment that we're also each in our own place. The wholeness that is in each of us is also complicated and not necessarily just all about the joy and abundance, right? So much has changed in how we are together. The congregation that has been here for 180 years is not the same as it was five years ago when all the transitions started, or three years ago uh, when during the pandemic started. It's, it's not. 
and it's, that's okay that it's not. And I know it feels different for so many people, and we're still finding our way to like, what does it mean to be part of the congregation now? We've said goodbye to so many people, people who have changed their relationship with the church, uh, people who have changed how uh, they volunteer. We've also said and are saying farewell to those who have fallen ill and are not able to join us in person, and to those, those beloveds who have died. We're also saying farewell to them too. We have embraced so many familiar elements of congregational life. We consider again the large questions of how to live in love in a heartbreaking world as people have been doing for generations. You know, we're doing the church and yet our hearts are breaking open again and again. And we're really dealing with sorrow and anger and fear and grief. This is all still present and among us. And each of us has our own path within those. But one of the gifts that we have gotten to celebrate and recognize in this moment is how much there is room for it all. There is room for all of us, the full scope of our humanity, and this spaciousness, this embrace as a larger circle is the foundation of how we are able to care for each other. How we find, it's an easier way to find the resilience uh, in order to start again when the world is so hard. The savoring and the saving, it all is part of setting the table. It's all part of how we live and endure and live again. What I realize in recent months is the congregation has been showing itself to have that capacity and possibility I experienced when I first entered the sanctuary during the ministerial search process. Truly, I felt that expansiveness in this place, and it comes from the legacy of the past of so many generations but it also is permeated with the spirit of the living community that is here now. And so I felt and feel again a call and a great joy with it of being here with you in Peoria. I'm going to say in all my years of ministry, I had a sense of what call would feel like, and now I'm really feeling it in an entirely new way. And it's such a joy to be able to do that within this body. So let me turn to thanks. I want to thank all of the volunteers and the leaders and everybody who's done a little bit to make the life of this congregation possible. Certainly to Linda Fairbanks as president, to the whole board, to all of the teams and the committees and individuals that add a little bit here and there so much of it not hardly visible, but it all matters. I also want to offer a note of thanks to the staff, to Melissa and to Jesse and to Regina, and also to Jim and Cullen and Edie, who's been our pianist, and so many ways that we are doing our cleaning and our caring and our maintenance of this community. I want to welcome all the people who have been part of the vibrancy of this congregation, 
and making a difference in how we are together. We have listened and learned. We have been growing with a connection to families and children and youth and integrating more as a multi-age community. We have found deeper connections. We're going to be working more on leadership development. We are, are freshly understanding the value of it in this time yet again. And we're also learning more about the public ministry, how to be visible and present and out in the community, certainly with the use of the building, but also as a presence in Peoria. We are needed in a time when so many of our neighbors across the country are not safe and welcome in their homes. Peoria has this potential to be in a, a great haven and a home for so many people. And we, as a congregation, can be part of building that community. That's one of the, the lessons of this year as well. So what I wish for us as going forward is to continue the momentum that has been building, to continue the savoring and the enjoyment of congregational life and the spirit that that's amplifying and let it be amplified yet further. What I will also invite us all to do, especially those who've been around during all of these transitions in the congregational life, is to love the church as it is right now. We are adapting and not always that comfortable with being both online and in person. There, are, We have people that we see for coming to the church in person, but there's also a whole other gathering of people that encounter the congregation, that are part of and feel connected to the congregation, that we actually don't necessarily see uh, in so many ways. The parish is far larger uh, than our attendance, and we're trying to make sense of what that means. And people are. One of the great gifts is that people are finding us just as we are. So let us be proud and passionate and welcome and really love the church for exactly where it is in this moment. That said, what we also want to do together, what I wish for us in this coming year, is to dream of what will come. At this point, we've come through these last years, this huge numbers of transitions, and, and now we're at the point where we can say, what do we want to do next. So let's have that conversation about next. It is up to you for what shall we strive? What brave choices will create a legacy worthy of telling, right, being written in the history books, worthy of being and living up to our call of being a liberal voice in the world? What happens now? As we heard in our opening words, be not tentative. This is where we get to enter into the, the wonder of the theme for this month, that delight, along with being ready for joy, as I think we are. It is with being the fullness of ourselves. So be not tentative. Bring your whole self. Bring the joy that makes your heart sing. Bring your kindness and your compassion. Bring also those sorrow and the pain. 
bring your brokenness and your disappointments. Help us, all of us, welcoming and inviting each other to recognize the spark of the divine that resides within each of us. So may we, and in doing this, in bringing our whole selves into this moment, our whole church into the future, may we know the joy of wholeness, may we know the joy of being together, and may we be ready to live into this joy. I look forward to this year to come. Amen and blessed be. All right. All right. Done.